All right. What is up, y'all? It is the first Saturday of the month. And as we do it every month, every first Saturday, we got to bring you guys a new community conversation. And today we're talking urban versus rural. We are not that different. Okay. I'm super excited to get into this conversation because there's been a lot about the urban area, the rural area, specifically about the black community. And I just can't wait to talk to this family. Uh, yes, I got a family on the show today, y'all. I'm talking about brothers and sisters, okay? I got a big family. And they call it the Bailey's family. Shout out to them. Shout out to them. I cannot wait to, again, get into the conversation. But, you know, I definitely have to give a shout out because without our sponsors, the Hood Talks podcast will not be able to keep doing what we're doing. So I have to give a shout out to our sponsors. Shout out to BJC. Yes, BJC has sponsored this season of the Hood Talks podcast. So we are able to keep bringing you all these great conversations along with keep expanding our reach to the community. Okay. You shout out to BJC. And if you are interested in becoming a sponsor, definitely go check out our new website. Because as you guys know, the Hood Talks podcast is now powered by the Hood Connect. Yes, yes. Okay. And so if you are interested in sponsoring an episode of the show, get at your girl. But I'm going to also put the link to the website in the chat so you can go check out our sponsor packages. Okay. Now that I done got the business out the way, I know y'all here to, to, to hear this great conversation, but I'm going to need y'all to share this video. I'm going to need y'all to share this live. And I'm also going to need y'all to say what's up in the comments. Come talk to your girl. And we're going to go ahead and kick this show off like we do, like I do every time. I get it like I just love to bounce to it every every time all right the hood talks podcast we talking and today we are talking again urban versus rural we are not that different and I as y'all can see have had these lovely guests who are joining me today for this conversation join me on the screen do y'all see these great faces hey y'all hey hey <laughs> okay all right so we finna get get into this conversation. I'm going to let you all introduce yourselves one by one. I'm going to kick it off with you, Aaliyah, because I, I know you a little bit uh, out here in the community doing a lot of community work. So I was excited when we talked about having this show. So please go ahead, introduce yourself. 
Well, thank you so much. I am super appreciative of being on this show. And honestly, the people that I have on here with me today are the reason that I've been able to continue doing this work. So my name is Aliyah Bailey. I use she, they pronouns. And I'm the director of communications at Pro-Choice Missouri. Um, but I also advocate for Black health um, in rural communities across the Midwest. In 2020, I ran for Missouri. I was the Democratic nominee for Missouri State Representative of District 64. And since then, I've just continued to dig into the St. Louis region and look for ways that we can help each other, um, you know, from our urban cities to out to our rural communities. I'll kick it on over to Tyreek. Uh, I'm Tyreek Hopkins. Uh, I work as a mechanic. Uh, I got a couple kids, three to be exact. Um, he said a couple of kids. <laughs> yeah, a couple. Uh, <laughs> Graduated from high school in 2016, graduated from college in 2022. <laughs> um, yeah. So you just recently graduated. You said 2022? Okay, all right. Well, congratulations on that uh, milestone. All right. Is, is there anything else you wanted to share or was you done? No. I, wanted to be, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I didn't want to be rude. I didn't want to be rude. <laughs> All right, come on. Is it day? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hop it to you, Dad. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry, we had a little problem with the mics. It's cool. I probably can hear you through Aaliyah's phone, so I'm gonna just say, Aaliyah, unmute your phone and let Day just talk. Oh, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you loud and clear. Go ahead. Well, uh, my name is Dave Bailey. Uh, I'm 22 years old. I work as a gas station clerk in Nashville, Illinois. Uh, I graduated high school in 2019, and I'm just kind of figuring stuff out right now. <laughs> as you should, as you should at 19. You are just figuring it out. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't oh, no. I graduated in 2019. Oh, you graduated in 2019. You're 22. And you still should be able to figure it out at 22. Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I am 33 and I'm still figuring it out. Okay. <laughs> it's life out here. It's rough. Okay. Um, Ray, I'm going to go ahead and let you jump in. Hey, y'all. I'm Ray. Uh, I work as a labor at Local 1197. Uh, I'm big on uh, workers' rights and very big advocate in the black community on workers' rights. Um, <clears throat> I got a baby. She's one and uh, almost two. Uh, acts like the rest of her family, crazy, wild, and uh, yeah, that's all I got. I work all the time. That's about it. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with a hustle. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Okay, Janisha, am I saying it right, or did I ruin it? <laughs> no, you said it right. Okay, great. Thank you. I was hoping so. Go ahead, girls. Tell us about who you are. Well, I'm Janisha Bailey. Um, I did a Black Lives Matter protest in the summer of 2020. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I volunteer at Pro-Choice Missouri with Aaliyah. And she drives me around everywhere. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> and what you all forgot to mention, I guess, I don't know if the audience knows, but they're all and brothers again y'all they're a big family and so they're coming to join the conversation because you all grew up and still remain living in rural area correct 
Mm-hmm. So tell me, what has been the experience? One by one, please, if you can, whoever wants to go first, please take it. But what has been your experience living in a rural area? Well, you see, my experience has been it's been kind of a toss up. I mean, I've had it's kind of you know you you get you take the good with the bad sometimes, but there's definitely been a lot of <clears throat> isolation. There's a reason why we're all so close because we did get treated different, but then there's also been those outsiders that have also took us in as a family, like they're now part of our family. You know what I mean? So it's. It's like a tip for a tat or whatever, but it's definitely been a struggle a little bit. <clears throat> I like how you said you all are remaining really close because, I, I mean, because you guys feel isolated in a sense. And I'm, I'm going to take that as because you're, you know, you're a black family. Um, right. And there's not many black people who live in rural areas. Am I wrong or am I right? No, you're correct. Um, so we actually know that in the Midwest, the 13 states that make up the Midwest, only two thirds of the counties have a po- have a black population or um, people of color. That's 10 percent or more. So there's a third of the community or the counties in the Midwest that don't even have um, a population of black people or people of color. So when when we are here, you know, we're we're just the only ones here. Uh, we have. You know, throughout school, there were folks that would kind of move in and out, but um, we're one of the only families that have um, really put down roots and been able to stay here. And remain. And why do you think that? Why do you think not um, many Black people live in the rural areas? You know, we know a lot about the, um, you know, segregation of the South and a lot of that history there when it comes to race relations, but people are a lot less familiar with race relations in the Midwest. Um, all the way up until recent times, you know, and there, there are still certain laws and policies on the books regarding how we can wear our hair, who can live um, within city limits, um, essentially paper bag tests for if you're allowed in our community. Um, there have been efforts made to, um, you know, run folks out of town. I think Ray could speak a little bit more to that, some of the violence that um, Black folks have faced in, the, in this area trying to, trying to live here. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's been a lot of, um, like, in the 60s and a lot in the 70s and even poured into the 80s, 90s, and now, there's been a whole lot of push to keep unwanted, unwanted, quotes, people out, whether it be minority-based or whether it be just, you know, you don't have money and you're at a lower poverty level than what's coming around. Um <clears throat> Most of the it most of it has had to deal with a lot of people don't want to change their way of banking. So they're still banking the same way their great grandparents did. And they can't they can't just get they're not they're not ready for a ch- they say they're not ready for a change, but in like my example, whenever they bring somebody around and they find out oh he's he's a good one well what does the good one mean mm, yeah yeah so a lot of people they say oh well we're not racism isn't here da, 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 this and that. 
than why if I walk into somewhere, one of my cousins or some example, one of my cousins, my brother, somebody else gets looked at different because he's dressed different. I might have just got off a roof, but he was on the same roof. He just changed to a hoodie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they they want to they want to discredit certain people just because of what they do and their way of life and how they make their money. It just so happens I'm in construction, so I don't. People won't come up to me and be like, "Oh, well, you're one of the bad ones," because you have a job. Well, there's. I know a lot of bad people around here that aren't a minority that do the same thing I do. Only they they actually go out and do bad things, you know. No, I think I heard, I heard a lot of what you're saying. It's like um, <laughs> you get deemed a good one because you have a, a job, you're working, um, you know, and the stereotypes in a sense, yeah. like you said. I, there's definitely counterparts who are not working, who are bad, and y'all don't address them the same way. So why do that? And I'm assuming um, it's black people that they do that to, for the most part. It's you're gonna treat me differently because of the the color of my skin, um, and you don't even know me. Um, like you said, just because I may wear a hoodie does not mean that I'm a bad person. Um, and if right. someone in the counterpart of my, they wear a hoodie, they ain't, you ain't even stepping to them. It's not a problem. Um, so I just think that's a lot to intake because I think that's the same thing that we talk about when we deal with urban community is that, um, you know, walking through certain communities, you feel like you're targeted because of certain situations. Um, but I think not only do and help me here, not only do you guys experience that, that similarity, but there's also the similarity of the, the resources that you all get in your community, right? We talk about urban communities, uh, specifically Black, under-resourced communities, um, and how they lack a lot of uh, resources. But our urban and rural, I think, are dealing with some of those same issues at the same time. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we... <sighs> You know, we're kind of dealing with a double a double edged sword here, because not only are we do we know that, um, you know, black folks and minority communities are underfunded, but then also we know that rural communities are underfunded and have been um, disinvested in um, in the last several decades, um, probably the last century, really, after the industrial movement in the early 1900s. And um, so there's we're really not getting any resources at all to our communities um and like in general uh but then whenever you look at the outcomes of that the disparities um are in line with what we see in urban areas and just across the nation that black folks are going to have the worst health outcomes the worst you know educational outcomes and so as we are you know across the nation you know with the the black lives matter movement and this um huge push to address these racial disparities, we do need to still pay attention to our rural communities because we we live here too. We are here. We are experiencing it. Um, you know, black, ma the maternal mortality um, issue with three to four, um, or black women dying at three to four times the rate of their white counterparts is bad enough. But if you look at rural areas, women are 60%, um, are, Rural women are 60% more likely to pass away within the first year after childbirth. So if you are a black rural woman, that's a very deadly statistic. 
Um, and it's really scary. And I mean, it's really, um, you know, I myself am a mother. Um, we are excited to be welcoming another Bailey into the family. Um, and, you know, the, those things just make it really, really personal. And it's the reason that, um, you know, we're, we're here in places like this to talk about this, to try to get some of those resources. Whew. That's a lot to in, intake. Um, <laughs> congratulations uh, on the new edition. But yeah, that is, that's a lot to uh, intake. And I know, Aaliyah, we had had a conversation and I'm going to put myself out here because, you know, I talked about how I wasn't aware of all of the things that was going on in urban communities. And again, I think it was because there's a disconnect. I don't know too many people who live in rural areas. So I've never sat and had a conversation about what to uh, what was going on in that space. I just kind of see what's on TV. Um, and you, you don't even think, um, unfortunately, I didn't even think about Black people being in that space either. When I roll through the streets of Illinois um, and see the Irving, I'll be like, let me get up out of here. <laughs> so it's not like I think of Black people in that community. And I'm just putting myself out there because I know there's a lot of other people who that has that same outlook like I just didn't know so can you tell me like what is the biggest misconception about rural areas that we're all farmers <laughs> say that we all farmers I agree yeah. I, I think that is one when you think about the rural community you all almost kind of go back to like it's land and farming so that's a good one that you're all farmers hmm Anybody else got one that you think people is like, oh, this is rural area. When you think of rural area, that's what they think, but it's not really honestly true. Well, there also is another, um, like we come from, I wouldn't say a lot of people in our town are necessarily rich, but they're rich in a lot of farm ground by chance. Mm. So they in turn have the power around here, <clears throat> so they think. This leads to my like in high school, whenever I was trying to, they, they pushed me to go to the factories that we go to work on a farm. Hold on, Ray. Hold they on. wouldn't give me the time of day for Your audio is cutting up a little bit. Oh, let me let me set my phone back down. Okay, we sound more clear. All right, am I better now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So around here, we're not all farmers, but they're gonna try to push you in high school to do the next thing, be be a farmer or work in a factory if they don't see any potential in you, like in sports. Hmm. Because I talked to like guidance counselors for two years about getting into the union until they're pretty much like, well, you're not, you're never going to go there. So, you know, I had to go out and find out how to get into a union. And there's not, there's just not enough help. There's not enough guidance for youth in general around here. So you were told that you were never going to get in the union? Well, essentially, because they, they were, they wanted me to go. You know, it's just easier to push off a problem on the factories than mm -hmm. it is to actually work with the kid, figure out what he wants to do, and go do it. Wow. That's interesting. 
Anybody else want to follow up? Don't be shy, y'all. <laughs> Don't be shy. Is there anything else you could think of that people might think about rural areas and it's like, no, that's not necessarily true or that doesn't happen too often or... Um, so I think that another another misconception about um, rural areas is that we don't face the same socioeconomic issues that are often talked a lot about in urban areas. Um, so when we're looking at issues of housing, issues of, um, you know, the, the opioid crisis and substance use, um, mental and behavioral health issues, um, you know, we're trying to struggle with finding the solutions for those things as well. And we also have um, less access to resources, not just in the terms of like um, actual direct funding, but also ge geographic access. So mm -hmm. um, one of the things, you know, health healthcare specifically is what I'm really passionate about. So, you know, looking at how far away are we from hospitals? How far away are we from specialty care? Um, you know, there are some people that thankfully uh, we live about an hour away from St. Louis and the hospitals there offer, uh, you know, most things that, that we need. But there are folks who um, on the other side of the state, on the Missouri side, who have to go to Omaha if they live closer to the north um, what is that, northwest um, mm -hmm. or have to go into Kansas City. And that's like a four to like six hour radius between, you know, all, all of those major cities to get, you know, just to get specialty care. And that could be something like, you know, if you have a heart attack, that's a fairly common, you know, thing that the number one, you know, killer in, of adults in this country. Um, but if you have to drive, you know, two hours just to get care for that, you know, how, how, what is your quality of life going to look like? What are the chances of survival going to look like? Um, so I think that, we, I don't know that people think that we don't have any issues. I just think they don't think about it at all. Um, and then I would say another, another big misconception is that we're simple or that we're stupid, um, mm -hmm. especially when we're talking about um, politics. I hear the phrase, they vote against their own interests a lot. Um, and the reality is, is that we don't have any political parties doing meaningful engagement out here yeah. um so similar to the rural area i mean to the uh, urban areas <laughs> but i yeah i agree no one is being intentional about coming and seeking you all out especially um i'm like this call it what it is especially the democratic party i know it, the republican party seems to have a big hold on rural areas but are there any real Democrats coming to engage with uh, the rural areas as like I say, even the urban areas and urban communities? I know they do it more, but you know, are they really, really engaging? Absolutely not. Um, the reason that, you know, or I, I have met you, you know, on my crusade of trying to get um, elected officials and, you know, the, the party um, to, to listen, to care about, you know, the issues that I'm talking about. And I'm just told um, a lot of times that, you know, either we don't exist out here, our numbers aren't big enough to matter, or, you know, organizations have told me that they, um, they just lacked the capacity to support in any way. Um, and I just think that, frankly, that's bullshit. Because we need, especially, especially in Missouri, you know, we really need to be reaching out to our rural community. Yeah. 
I think in Illinois, we take it for granted that this is a democratic state. However, in the last election, um, or I, I haven't looked up on this last election in 2022, but the prior election, we, um, you know, had lost some safely blue uh, seats, um, you know, here down south. And there's this idea that, um, you know, Chicago is safely democratic, so everything's going to be, you know, fine. But like, that's just, that's, it's it's irresponsible thinking strategically but it's also disgraceful because this isn't just a game of politics this is about real people real communities and real lives that are at stake here um and needing to make sure that they are getting what they need to be taken care of not just scoring political points i i feel um i feel that sentimentally like I think about that a lot. Uh, and again, again, having a conversation with you, because those are some of the things that I feel like is happening here in urban community. But when I had the comment, I'm like, that's what we, <laughs> this is quite similar. This is really similar to what, so knowing that you, we, we all have these problems and these issues, right? And that um, we have the common similarities of basically being under-resourced and, you know, um, underserved. What can we collectively do, urban and rural together, to really make an impact on what our communities need? Um, how can we come together and support each other? Anybody got a take on that? <laughs> so I'll be quiet on me, y'all. <laughs> they like, uh. That one's, that one's got me thinking. <laughs> It's a good question. I know yeah. it's hard. I know for me, I just think that we definitely got to keep having these conversations. Um, we definitely have to keep developing relationships um, because, again, if people don't know necessarily what you're dealing with um, or who, who I say this all the time. If I don't care about someone who has a problem that is major and I just don't care about I don't I don't it does not it's not an issue for me and that's just you know unfortunate but it is it's it's not a concern because I I don't have I don't care um and it's not to say that I don't care about that person it's just not a concern I think that's what's happening a lot when we're talking about our communities it's usually people who don't know people in that space who don't care for people in that space who don't have a relationship with people in that space and sometimes it's not that they again they don't care they're just they're not in the know. And then so it's like, how do we help them become what we call ignorant, unignorant? Like, how right. do we help that? Um, so for me, I would say the answer is how do we keep building relationships with uh, people who are in rural communities and urban communities? How can we continue um, having conversations, building a connection so that we can kind of keep working together in a sense? You know, I think this is really the first step, um, one of the first steps, you know, having uh, met each other, being able to, um, inviting us to this platform to be able to talk about these issues. I know um, individually, all of us on this call do things to just fight for the representation that we need and uplift our issues. Um, you know, Ray is an amazing union member. He had attends his union meetings, he shows up in that space, and he works to try to educate other young Black um, students about trades and opportunities that they might have um, after high school. Janisha is very involved with the youth in her community. She um, actually did a pageant last summer um, to be just uh, 
one of the first, if not the first, black um, Washington County uh, pageant contendant. And, you know, she got to be on that stage and all the other students, you know, we don't have a huge black population, but the black population that does live here, they got to see a black beauty queen on the stage that looked, you know, someone that looked like them and being able to showcase how impactful that is. you know, Tyreek is a black father who works hard and has gotten his degree um, and is, you know, out here doing what he needs to do to take care of his family and, you know, showcasing um, just the, I don't know the words that I want to use here, but the um, the cohesiveness of the black family, because I think both, um, you know, across across the spectrum, um, folks like to tear us down um, and like to think that, you know, we aren't that our communities don't, um, aren't filled with love. Um, and you know, he, he breaks that down and shows us that that's true every day. And then there's day day who has always been there to support any one of us who we know that he's our backup. He's got us. Um, and he's, he's going to do anything. You know, I know, you know, all the, the random marches, galas, you know, anything that I'm like, you know, Hey, can you show up to be here? You know, he's, he's there and he's making it happen. So, um, you know, we are we are out here doing the work and finding opportunities to to talk about it, you know, like this are, um, you know, it's, it's super important and super impactful. And um, I think I'm a I'm a stop there. <laughs> stop there. <laughs> no, um, I mean, shout out to you all. Uh, I really see the dynamic of family in this space. And I appreciate that um, because it seems like you guys are up against a lot um, because it's like you're trying to because going back to kind of what Ray talked about is like being um, kind of the outsider but also trying to prove that you guys are worthy to be there in that space as well does that make sense am I mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah I might not look like you all but we deserve to be in this space and that may open doors for other people, other black people to come and be in rural areas. I know a lot of folks that talk about wanting to, to own land and, and be out in the rural communities and away from the city life. So this may be able to have a chance to open doors where more black people want to come move to rural areas. Um, I know <clears throat> Aaliyah talked about at one point um, how, you know, that uh, that is the, the semi-tradition of black culture. We were uh, really amongst lands and you know I know you said Ray that all our uh, <laughs> all rural people ain't farmers but we as black people were yeah. in that space <laughs> oh yeah in our history that was our space that's what we like we were yeah, built this country and that's one thing that makes me so angry and makes me so passionate to um you know tell our story because whenever whenever folks say that like oh you know black people don't live out there or sometimes you know we'll get uh we'll be getting uh, kind of shaded for doing some country shit or whatever. It's like, you know, oh, you're Rick. Rick, yes, Sorry. or Rick behavior. <laughs> what is it Rick's now? Rick's cornbread. Rick behavior? Is Rick, what is- yeah, Rick behavior. Uh, I've never heard of that. What is that? That's Janisha. Janisha made that. <laughs> okay. okay, I'm like, what is that? That's a new term. Get me hip. <laughs> <laughs> But when, but whenever that happens, you know, we're erasing all the work that we put into this country for centuries that we were never, you know, paid for, that was stolen from us, that we were forced to do. And I refuse to let anyone, whether it's 
you know, um, white rural folks or urban, ignorant urban folks take that away from me um, or, and to take that away from us. We fought really hard to be here. We've all been through a lot and we've decided, you know, no, this is this is our home and this is where we're going to stay. When, like you said, we deserve to be here. Yes, yes. We're going to have to come do uh, like a, a walkthrough in the town or something. We need to do that. We need to schedule that to happen. Like, come, let's, let's film what it's oh, like. To be oh, here. yeah. A, a day with the Baileys. I'm with it. Y'all with it. <laughs> I want to do some rural shit, rural ish, you know? <laughs> Making my way downtown. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, y'all. So, uh, I just appreciate you all. Um, I think um, I agree that we it, it, we need to really. It's like again the stereotypes we have. I hate when people say certain things about urban community, um, and so it's like we need to stop saying things just because we feel like um, this is what it represents. And technically, it does not. Um, I do want to say or ask to you guys. What do you think can the black, specifically the black community do to better support people in the rural communities, black people in the rural communities? What can we specifically do? Go ahead. Uh, oh, well, I guess I can say something for the first time here. Uh, I guess just like understanding that we're here, you know what I'm saying? Just not forget about everyone, just not think everyone's just secluded to one place you know what i'm saying i don't know black people are everywhere it's just kind of you know the matter of actually reaching out and helping someone and just showing support i guess that's what's up we are everywhere we are Oof, our people are amazing and we don't even know it we are amazing and we are everywhere anybody else want to say what you think specifically the black community can do to support black people in rural areas? I mean, really just realizing like <clears throat> there ain't no difference between me pulling up in a, in a jacked up truck or me pulling up in a donk. You know what I'm saying? Like there ain't much difference between me and you depending on what I drive, how I act, how I dress. Like, cause I've gotten me personally, I've gotten some, I've gotten stereotyped by other black people because I act too white. Mm. It's like, I, I don't, I act how I act because that's how I am. I don't act like that because I'm white or I want to be this or I want to be that. No, this is just, this is how I am. This is how I'm going to be. And that's just it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And we need to realize that just because, I, just because we grew up in a rural community does not mean we act a certain type of way, just like people who grew up in urban communities don't act, you know, urban or, you know, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, I get what you're saying. The stereotypes, I think, uh, I think we also in within our own community play into those things as well. Um, mm -hmm. You know, urban communities, you automatically think of gang banging and thugs, right? Um, or you kind of what you just said too earlier, Aaliyah, when you think of black fathers, you think of, out of the home and not supporting their kids, but like, yet alone here you say, uh, your your brother Tariq is a black father who's supporting his children, who who's taking care of his kids. Um, I know a lot of black men who are taking care of their kids. So I think you're right. It's a lot of the stereotypes that um, we play 
amongst ourselves that also keeps the division, right? I really think this is me in my mind, <laughs> but I really think in the black community, our biggest problem is our divisions. Um, and if yes, and actually, can I jump in on that? Because yes. come on, girl, come on. <laughs> We're fighting for representation out here, but there is all kinds of representation that we need. Um, you know, as a as a queer individual, you know, there ain't a lot of black people out here, but there's definitely not a lot of queer spaces out here. And then there's, um, you know, confronting the, you know, homophobia and transphobia that exists within the black community of, you know, it's it's a it's a small enough number of people that I can try to, you know, be in fellowship with and then that gets you know cut in half or more um uh, because of the other um uh you know just the, the homophobia and and lack of tolerance or understanding within um within our community and you know i think that happens for you know there's there's a few different reasons for that um like even growing up i didn't know i mean i never really saw black queer representation except you know like RuPaul's Drag Race I knew it was a show <laughs> so you know that's a you know that like there, there's that side of the problem but then there's also the problem interculturally of how do we confront these things um, at the end of the day you know the white supremacist patriarchy that has power right now is you know against all of us and we we shouldn't be um you know against each other within our own communities yeah, I think that is one of our um, biggest issues. But also, even within, again, talking about the, the issues that you all encounter living in urban communities, um, I mean, rural communities, you know, uh, especially white, white people that live in rural communities, like they lack resources as well. <laughs> so I think it's, again, we have to start looking at the common similarities and how can we partner and work together to get what we need and a lot of times it's the basic the basic needs of a human that we want and we're not getting safety um you know uh access like you said to proper health care so you can live longevity so these are some things that again urban community is fighting for and rural community is fighting for so how do we if it's black community if it's the white community how can we come together and really map out how we get what we what our communities need um so i hope i really do hope that people take from this um and what i mean you got you guys are here to share and i want to give you all the space what do you think people need to hear what do you think right now one by one what is something that you think is important that the people watching who will come across this what do they need to hear about rural areas and your experience it could be just personal to your experience. Uh, I think for the most part, that's like not all bad. I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of people like to talk about like most of the worst stuff that comes out of this, but there's a lot of good. Just like, I don't know. I do feel like that since we do live out here, we do have a stronger, you know what I'm saying, bond as a family. And we just kind of, do everything together and whatnot and I don't know it's just a, a good good place to live see but I would also have to say but it's not like it's not always all good you know mm -hmm. like I don't know I feel like as I don't know how old we would have been but 
just seeing like the n-word on the bridge that's by our house or going mm-hmm. to school and having somebody say well i want to go play with the little black girl and then finding out that oh yeah well her family is the good family so we can we can hang out with them or just like there's just numerous examples like i could go on but just like seeing that there is a problem and trying to fix it and like whether it's having these conversations or even have when i was doing my protest even having any support when i had to go talk to the po- like police chief about even doing my march well he made sure to tell me that like if anything happens cuz like on the news they're rioting and everything else that if anything happens like that, that's all my fault. Mm. That'd be my fault. And made sure to drill that in my head. But I mean, there are good things, but there are all, I feel like, bad things. It was like balance, they balance out. No, that makes sense. I think it's just like how I feel about St. Louis. It's a love hate situation. <laughs> I love it, but then I'll be like, oh, when are we going to get it together? <laughs> um, so I understand that. You know, it's like you, 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 you want to see it do better, um, and you can't leave because um, even if it's not doing better, you just can't leave. Um, so I understand that. I, I definitely understand the good and the bad of it. And I think that's everywhere, right? I really do. I think those are every areas that we have to really look at that there are some goods and there are some bad. And I think um, I appreciate Day saying that what has really helped you all as a family is being able to be in it together and, and, and sticking by each other. So I think that's that's dope. Anybody else want to elaborate on something that they feel just really needs to be uplifted? Uh, the community needs to do something about getting the the youth together more. Um, I don't think I have a mic on. Oh, you talking? You said the community needs to get the youth better. Yeah. Um, so, like a community center or something. We over here we have one, but they closed it to the youth uh, like six years ago. I don't know for no reason. So, like, there's nothing to do really over here for kids except for get in trouble. There's nothing to keep them from getting in trouble. And I also want to add, I am a youth ambassador. A youth ambassador for our Moose Lodge that we have out here. And I joined that so I could try to get, you know, kids out and doing stuff together as a community. But there's no other outside support from like anybody else mm-hmm. like from the school not not necessarily the schools but when i try to reach out to people they're like yeah that's a good idea let me get back to you and then that was it there's no follow-up huh yeah and that's unfortunate um I, I, you all are again raising uh concerns and issues that i think are so so much similar. And I keep saying that because I want people uh, to, to really get the concept that we are just not that different. We mm-hmm. all have some of the very much similarities of issues that we, we're we concerned about. I have heard so many times as our youth here in 
urban areas get into trouble because they don't have anything to do. Here is Tariq saying the same thing. How do we get places and spaces for the youth to have things to do so they won't get in trouble? Um, what resources, what what spaces do they have to go to? Um, and it's not, it's very limited. And again, we have something, some stuff. I know, Aaliyah, y'all don't have much. Uh, we, we had a conversation about, well, do y'all have that over there? Is this a, a ish, Is this something you have? I mean, even your uh, leadership, right? How is it even, how does that go about? The, the, um, the elected officials in their spaces, like, if you guys can help me here, do you guys have a mayor, an alderman, a council person? <laughs> That's we have a mayor and a counselor. And a mayor and a counselor? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And some areas don't, though, correct? Because they're so small. Yeah. Hold on. Janisha's going to say something. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I was just going to say, we do have all that, but I can tell you it's been the same white man that's been sitting on the same title for the past 20 plus years. So it's, there's not any real change. It's just like 20 plus years. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Mayor was the mayor for how long? Yeah, a lot. And it's like the same group of people, too. It's, you know, the click. Yeah, <laughs> yeah click. You know, like the 50, 60 plus year old white men, you know, same, same kind of thing. And um, I think our, like, our state rep has been the state rep for legit 30 years, though. Sorry, my. Um, I started learning about. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. was, it's been it's been a good fifteen probably. Mm -hmm. Wow. So um, and there's another elected official, like state level elected official, that um, mom was just saying was uh, elected first when she was in high school, but that was probably only about ten years ago because you know my mom is just never ages. But <laughs> <laughs> wow! Oh my God, y'all. Yeah, so definitely. Oh leadership um holding leadership accountable both elected leadership and um elected leadership and like organizational leadership um you know we need our, our elected officials to follow their on their pro their promises and make impactful change that's actually going to serve our communities we need our organizations to do what they say they're going to do if there's a population that they say they serve they need to serve it um, if it's a statewide organization, that means they need to be serving everyone all the way across the state. Um, I have been really excited to jump in and join the reproductive justice movement um, as I was struggling to just like get involved and figure out what I wanted to do. It was repro folks who were willing to listen to me, were willing to come out here, were willing to support the efforts that I was trying to make. Um, and it has, you know, of course, led now to the the career that I'm in. But um, it's also just been the organizing space that has cared enough to um, invest in rural communities. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm still stuck at the leadership being there for so long because that is mine. So anybody I know, Aaliyah, you got into the space a little bit and ran. Anybody else gonna pl plan to to kind of run? <laughs> I, I want to not not if I'm like an elected official deal, but like through my union hall, I would like to. I'm trying to get 
my years and whatnot in to change like how my union hall is. I, I I'm not necessarily wanting to be president because, but if I can be, you know. I'm about to say you never know. Don't yeah. doubt yourself. I, I think you would. And you probably, you really, you're needed. And, you know, all of you all in your perspective spaces, um, Tariq, you just talked about how your community uh, could really benefit from having somewhere, some space for uh, youth to go. Come on, sir. How can we help you make that happen? Uh, and you lead that effort because you seem very passionate about it. Um, I think, uh, Y'all, y'all have what again? People who are viewing and are looking at this. This is a step into helping support rural uh, communities. We now have a funnel of a connection to how we can get in and support uh, not only the rural community but specifically Black people in that community. Because you guys are you're, you're coming out, you're you're telling your experiences and you're you're putting yourself out there, and I appreciate that. Um, and I just hope people take this to to really be able to say like, okay, how can we connect with these folks to make some of these things happen? I know again, Aaliyah is at Pro Choice Missouri, so I'll definitely check her out. But again, not just her, uh, Janisha. She just talked about so much of what she's into, the youth, and how she's out here. Uh, so there's ways to connect with you all that I want people to see, and how we can really. And I know I'm going to be very intentional about continuing this relationship as well. How we can be supportive because I do believe it's going to take us connecting rural communities and urban communities together, especially to make some stuff shake in our um, Midwest area. Um, so I appreciate you all. I do. I really do. And I hope the, the listeners and the viewers, they appreciate you all. We have some questions. If you guys want to answer them, that's great. Uh, if not, please don't answer if you don't feel comfortable. But one of the questions is what city uh, are you guys in? If you guys want to say that, say it. If not, I'm okay with that as well. Downtown Nashville, Illinois. Washington County, Illinois. Washington County, Illinois. Okay. <laughs> I just Ashley, like Illinois. <laughs> Ashley, Illinois. Ashley, <laughs> Illinois. Call them out. Call them out. Illinois. Call them out. All of them. Oh, yeah. Um. There's another question is, they probably watched a little later into the show, but it says, how do whites feel about blacks in your community? And I know we kind of talked about that a little bit. Um, anybody <laughs> want to kind of answer that okay. question? Okay, don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> don't uh, get me wrong. Well, Go ahead. Some, do what? Oh, I, Day or Ray was going to talk. Yeah, oh, Day, you got this. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I just my best friend's white, you know. So, so I'm not gonna say that like everyone's a terrible person or anything like that. But I do feel like majority of the people you are going to see if you go to school here or just out walking about, they're gonna give you a funny look or you know, even like he said, like if Ray's dressed like that and he goes walking down the street, no one's gonna think twice about him but like me I just I have my hoodie on like me just having my hoodie up is just like I don't know that that's just like a no-go around here like everyone's gonna look at you funny like you're about to steal something I don't know it's mm. it's it's not good like most of the time I'm not gonna lie <laughs> um so there's there's a 
I was say y'all seem to all have something to say about that. Come on, man. I, 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 I get it. This I know you guys are laughing, and I, I understand because sometimes we have to laugh to keep from crying. But I can imagine how it really, you know, is hurtful to have to to deal with on a, a daily basis. You know, even in again, we talk about urban community. Uh, I, I've been in certain spaces, and I'd be like, dang, I feel uncomfortable as a black person. It's just what it is. Um, and it's not right, but it is what we experience. Um, I hear you. Like I tell my nephew to take off his hoodie because I don't want him to be looked at in a certain way. Um, so I feel you, Day, on that. And you know, uh, Ray, you saying the more you make white people somewhat feel comfortable because the way you dress, that makes you the the good white guy. I mean, the good black guy versus uh, you know your your brother who got the hoodie on and he might be as I say hood out. You know, you you fucking out a little bit. That's okay. It is what it is. So, you know, you, but that doesn't make you bad because you like to be in your hoodie or, you know, you like to dress in a more urban fashion. That don't make you bad, but we have that stereotypes. Um, I know Janisha wanted to say something. I know Tyreek, you said you have, you all have something to say. So I'm going to go to you, Janisha, first and then come to Tyreek. Um, I was just going to say that back to that question, I don't know. Just thinking about it, like like I mentioned, like I mentioned earlier, from the beginning, like our our neighbors just driving by and yelling the n word at us, regular like like we we live out in the middle of nowhere. We have a bridge up by our house, uh, spray painting racist things on the bridge, whether it is the n word or swastikas or whatever they think is funny at, at that time um and especially i feel like all of us can say going to school around here is probably was probably like one of the hardest things because if you aren't head of your class or the best at basketball or expect like tyreek just said if you do not have the last name around here you're you're really not getting anywhere like you're getting drunk. Senior year, <laughs> my senior year, I went to the guidance counselor asking about college, and she said, or she asked me about it, and I was like, at the time, I didn't know, and I never once, never once got called in to ask, like, to ask me if I wanted to, or, like, figured it out or anything, especially mm. doing my protest and you know I work I work at the gas station here in Nashville too just having all those people that were what's the what's the that attended or that were like the non-protest like not the the anti-protesters I guess Mm. yeah just seeing them almost every day and and like at work and they're just acting like, you know, like I didn't see them sitting at the corner, like booing, riding motorcycles up and down as we're trying to walk. Like, wow. Man. Mind you, she was only 17 when she did this. I just want to make that clear. Like, she was only 17 and she put together 200 people to march for Black Lives in this small rural community. Wow. Well, kudos to you for that. But to hear that some of your neighbors literally are 
torturing you all in some sense. It's oh, it gets better. It gets better. <laughs> right. It gets better. Hold up. Wait. Let's let Tariq. Do you want to say something, Tariq, or you want to let Ray go? Yeah, I'll say something. Uh. So I got in a little bit of trouble at 16, and I have a, a tattoo of a crown on my hand with my son's initials in it, like mm. a uh, heir to the throne type thing. Okay. So I didn't know at the time that the crown that I got was like a, a gang sign crown for Latin kings. I didn't know anything about it. I'm not, you know, into the gang stuff or anything. So I got in some trouble, and they were trying to pin me as a gang member, and uh, and all sorts of things, and I got it was the the trouble that I got into years before. Another kid did pretty much the same thing, but he was white and he got off the hook, like no trouble at all. Slap mm-hmm. on my wow. and they were trying to slap like everything on me. Went to jail time, bunch of charges. Yeah. Oh, wow. That doesn't tell you how this community is. Hmm. Interesting. Again, I just want to highlight the similarities that we talk about that we deal with in the urban community that you all as black people in the rural area is also dealing with. Um, we talk about that too. Um I think one thing that's important, because like what Day Day said was important, like Obviously, like we talk about how we're like the only black people here. So that means that everyone else we're interacting with is white or uh, other people of color, um, which is mostly white. There's also a very low uh, population of people of color as well. Mm. Um, the issue isn't always that because, you know, a lot of people feel like, you know, I'm, I'm not racist. You know, they, they don't say the N word. They don't see how they're racist. The problem is that they aren't <laughs> They are white. Right, right there's a difference. It seems. <laughs> okay, no, no, don't get me wrong. There are definitely people here who are just outright just racist, racist right? But I would say the 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 majority of people just aren't educated to be anti-racist. They don't know. Um, they, they don't understand the system that they are participating in. And that's where I, you know, when I said earlier, we need to hold organizations accountable that like, this is kind of what I mean. If these are, there are organizations that are supposed to be dedicated towards, um, doing anti-racist work, doing that education, they should be coming out here and doing it because Mm -hmm. they aren't, we have to do it. We have to spend every day of our lives deciding like, okay, somebody just said something that was completely wild to me, but do I want to stop for the 10th time today to point it out? Or do I want to just try to keep it moving? Because that's really what it comes down to. There's so much that, you know, I, I hear just run into the grocery store. Like literally every day I hear something that I could probably make a big deal out of if I wanted to, because at a court, but it's like, I can't stop every second of or every time I'm trying to do something to correct that behavior. And it's frustrating because there's these organizations that really make themselves feel like, you know, they're doing a lot. And it's like, but you aren't actually coming out to all the communities that need it to support everyone who needs support. Mm. I I got a follow-up question to some of what you're saying, uh, Aaliyah, but I want to let Ray go. If you got something to say, Ray, please. Oh, no, I'm just saying uh, the neighbor that, I think the neighbor that, (laughs) my Janisha is talking about I uh I actually have a kid with uh my my fiance is her aunt 
<laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> so your fiance is the, the is this lady's niece? Uh, I'm assuming. Yep. Oh wow. Oh, I think she probably don't like that, right? Um, <laughs> I don't think she might like that. And I don't. I, I don't think she 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 ain't a fan. <laughs> she ain't a fan, but she's gonna deal with it. <laughs> and she ain't got no choice huh, at this point. I mean, and you then you say you had a baby, right? Yep. Oh wow. I I just wonder that. I'm not gonna go off on my tangents though. I'm not. I'm not gonna go off on my tangents on that. That's gonna have to be a whole nother conversation. But I wanna. I really wanna um, highlight this question because I think this is important. It says when you mention the lack of resources and access to resources, do you feel the community is open to new businesses, particularly social services coming into the area? What is the attitude towards development there? What? No. They would not be interested in that because you are destroying their way of life. <laughs> okay. So, Ray, you're saying no. Uh, and I think, Dad, you said not black-owned businesses, no? I feel like it's more or less like kind of what Janisha said. If you haven't already established, like, you know, your last name in the area or wealth, you know what I'm saying? You're not really going to get the support. <laughs> behind you to start the business I think I'm explaining it right but I'm not sure no it sounds if they're not familiar with you you're not going to be able to come in and do what you, you plan to do even if it benefits the community it seems like absolutely there have been um you know more like economic pushes like for example it's been about a decade ago um, they were going, I think Walmart or another, some large corporation was going to um, put in some factories here in Nashville. And um, which, by the way, manufacturing is the top um, like job source in the in the area, not farming, but uh, <laughs> not farming. Huh? <laughs> the city. Like I said, we ain't all farmers. And they they didn't allow it to happen. And what we um, you know, this wasn't said publicly, but what we know from um, people that are connected, uh, they did not want undesirables coming in. They felt like that large corporation would attract too many, um, too many undesirables to the area. So um, we know that they're not open to it. Um, I also, uh, I guess I've always been an organizer <laughs> back in high school. I was involved in actually several different uh, self-made initiatives to, um, like, the, one was just to bring a science fair into the school. One was, like, to um, do a cultural project that went along with, um, that went along with uh, a, a junior year project that we did. And then a third thing was um, there was an organization out of St. Louis that was called Hate Breakers. And they had um, a program that they try to partner with schools to do. All three of those things were um, shot down. Um, for all of those projects, I had, um, you know, signatures from students, over half the students. I had teachers that agreed to sponsor things. I had, you know, write-ups of what I wanted to do. None of it was really costly. None of it would have um, really been an issue to do. It, it was just the attitude of not wanting to invite anything new or innovative or, um, and, I, and I think just the fact that I was leading it and I um, was very vocal <laughs> all throughout school um, about equality and being uh, anti-racist. 
uh, it was just it was just shot down. They said no. Oh wow! So that's just basically a lot of um, work from the grounds that has to be done in that space. Um, but that's not unfamiliar to I would say again urban communities. Um, right. There's a lot of people in our communities also. <laughs> we be like, I say, ain't tapped in. <laughs> and I be like, oh my God, we need y'all tapped in. We need y'all tapped in. But I think it just takes an extra step to get people um, aware of what they should be tapped in and why. And I mean, I feel that some, on a some sense too of like, don't just come in my community and just do some stuff. You know what I mean? Definitely build relationships. I'm big on that as well. Like you have to build authentic relationships with people in their communities if you want to get into the space of putting development and things into their communities because we've also seen historically what that does right um, when people just come and develop people's communities without their input so I would say yes I, I'm sure that's some pushback but I also say I think it just takes some extra steps of getting to know the community and maybe again how can you start and partner with people who are in the community that's open to those things right and I think the thing, like the the struggle for us is, I mean, we've lived uh, the 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 house that we grew up in is like third generation owned. We're to the fourth generation now. We, uh, um, my grandma lived and went to school and worked in this community. My mom has always lived and worked in this community. We did as well. So it's, I mean, at this point, we're very clear that it's they just don't want us. Um, mm-hmm. Now it's, I think our the approach is to um, connect with new folks who are coming in that are progressive, hopefully progressive minded or really just young folks who are, you know, changing their views and, and being more progressive. Um, you know, we just have to continue building power. Obviously, we know that we can build power. And I'll be honest, that was probably pretty scary for some of the elected officials to see that 17 year old Janisha Bailey got 200 people to come behind her. Janisha could absolutely run for an office and win here. They know they they are very they they may not say anything about it, but they're very scared of that. Um, mm-hmm. We see all the uh, and and all of us, you know, I mean, any of us could run for anything here. We really could um, take the power back whenever uh, whenever we're ready, whenever we feel like it's time. So. I mean, we're all here. We're all here today. We're all here right now. So I guess we'll see what happens. That part and good, good segue to this. And I'm gonna make this one of the last questions. It says, "Do you think if you guys get together to make change, will there be problems since the elected officials have been there so long?" I mean, I feel like the problem we run into is like, like my problem. Uh, the we're not gonna have that support. I mean, we might get the like. I got the okay to do my protest but there was no support at all from really anybody mm. but you did it though right. so you. you did it without their support because i mean and i get it we need support support is very important especially resources support if you could provide resources trying to mobilize and organize people is a lot of work is a lot of work. So you do need support. But shout out to you. 200 people for your march in a rural area that don't really care for black lives in some sense. Not everybody. I don't want to say everybody. But in some sense, they don't care. You mobilize 200 people to get out there and, and really push 
push uh push the ground. So I appreciate you, sis. Shout out to you uh and keep that momentum. That 201 day gonna turn into four, it's gonna turn into six, it's gonna turn into a thousand. Keep doing what you're doing, uh, and keep your hands out, keep keep your hands out here. I know it's hard, especially when you want support, but keep doing it, keep going. You're gonna get the support you need. Whew, y'all give me hope because. I'll be like, we're going to turn Missouri blue and people think I'm crazy. But that's okay. It starts here. <laughs> like you said, we got to have all hands on deck, okay? And I know it's probably a little far-fetched, Lord. But I, I think it will happen. I think we can turn Missouri blue. Um, and it just starts, again, with having these conversations, figuring out what similarities we have, the commonalities. Oh, I'm messing that shit up. <laughs> Commonalities. How you go, girl? Sister, I, I fucked that up. Anyway, but <laughs> those things that we have together to make sure that we can't push for what we need. Okay. And, and that's just what it is. Um, shout out to all y'all for joining me today. I really appreciate this conversation. This was really, really a great conversation. I want to give you all each time to tell us um if you want how you can be reached. Uh, any last words or any thing that you comments you want to say uh, to to definitely get us to end the show? So I'll start with you, Tariq, since you're the first person on my screen. Anything you want to say, and how if you want to share, people can reach out to you. Uh, uh, yeah, you read on the Xbox, you know, number one Call of Duty player in the world. <laughs> uh. <laughs> On the Xbox. Okay, what's your Xbox name? You can uh, drop some uh, my cash out. T Dog 7598, I think. I don't really know. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely drop some in the chat. I ain't mad at it. Oh, my bad. That's all I got. All right. Thank you. I appreciate you. I do. I do. Keeping it real and raw. <laughs> all right, Day. Come on. Help. If if you want to be reached out to, uh, share any last words or comments. Uh, well, thank you guys for having me. Uh, yeah, my name is Day. Nice to meet everyone. Yeah, you guys can have me on Xbox at MacTez00, M-A-C-T-E-Z-00, M-A-N-T, are capitalized. <laughs> Hey man, we dropping our cash out too. Number two. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, Aaliyah Bailey, thank you so much again for having us on here. We definitely need to come do you need to come out. We need to do this walkthrough. But you can stay connected to me on Facebook, Aaliyah Bailey on Instagram and Twitter, Aaliyah P. Bailey. Um, and I don't have, I think right now I just want to um shout out Pro Choice Missouri. Um, they've been an amazing organization and they um you know have been really willing to um bring me on and hear my rural perspective and we're we're trying to go statewide. So go to prochoicemissouri.org to learn more about us and follow us on all of our socials at prochoice missouri um is our tag. Because so, that's my job. <laughs> 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 she said that's my job. She's shouting them out. Ain't nothing wrong with that. 
who better shout out pro choice Missouri? shout out to them okay janisha come on tell us if you would like how you can be reached and any last comments I think my last comment would be after all this, I do want to, they made a point earlier that, you know, like my best friend is white, my mom's white, and I have an older sister that is white, so there are a lot of people here that are willing to help, and I do, like I want, they know who they are individually, so like I want to give a shout out to them that have been there and supported me because I can tell you that my best friend's family have always been supporting supporting me and especially Leah and all of my siblings from day one. But yeah, um, you can reach me at Janisha Bailey on all my social medias. I'm pretty sure they're all the same. <laughs> all right, I think Ray is you. You the last one. Yeah. <laughs> Best for last. Come on, Ray. <laughs> all right. First of all, I want to give a shout out to my boy Nelson. He's one of our cousins. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> He's been in the trenches with us. He is a farmer. Um, <laughs> um, if anybody wants to reach me, it's just Ray Bailey on Facebook. I mean, I got TikTok, but eh, you, you don't want that. I ain't post nothing anyway. Um, and really, like, like my sibling said, you know, there are people out here that are helping us. They're willing to help us. They're putting in the work, you know, but I think once we find out how to bridge this gap between rural and urban, I mean, there ain't nothing different. There ain't nothing different between us. Y'all still my people. We still each other's people. We everybody's people. So that's all I got. Oh, shout out to local 1197 Labors. Hey. That's my boys Shout and women. The, that's the union. Oh. Shout out the union. Yep. I have one more thing yep. we wanted to add. Go yep. ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. And for all my, my friends that joined in to watch, shout out my best friend, Zach. You know what I'm saying? That's my boy. And shout out to friend Kaylee. You know what I'm saying? Lay down. Shout out to the rural community out there. Y'all can tap into the Hood Talks podcast too. Uh, I would love to have more of you all on the uh, podcast to talk about certain things because I think we got to continue having these conversations. So shout out to the rural community. Uh, shout out to y'all. Shout, shout out to all the communities, okay? Because all yeah. we want is better communities. That's it. We want to thrive. I said it earlier on my post this morning is that we are tired of just surviving. We just want to thrive. So I think everybody in their perspective communities want the same thing. Okay. Well, thank y'all for tuning in to the Hood Talks podcast. This has been another great show. We got more to come in our season three lineup. Uh, meet us again for our community conversation next month on the first uh, Saturday of February. We are talking unity and love, the black man uh, relationship with the black woman. Uh, so if you are interested in that conversation, please hit me up ASAP because we do need more guests for that. Because uh, that, I think that's going to be a great, great show as well. Um, also, uh, I got to drop some, some announcements. Um, we have two more shows coming up uh, for the rest of this uh, month. We got uh, the Hood Hills segment. We want to do a replay, and we have the Hood Needs. So check those out on uh, Thursdays 
I don't know the dates, but y'all got to be following us on Facebook and Instagram to keep up with us. Also, as y'all know, the Hood Talks podcast is now powered by the Hood Connect, a nonprofit organization out here that has been founded by your girl. We are doing a launch celebration on the 19th. Uh, We are fundraising. We are just celebrating that this space is here and that we're trying to continue doing the work of connecting community to the resources and just all around supporting our community and uplifting our voices. So definitely tap in. You can find out more information about that organization on uh, at, I have it on the screen here, but if you don't know, if you can't see it, www.thehoodconnect.org. Uh, you could definitely donate to the to the space. That would be greatly appreciated. But if you can come out and celebrate with us on the 19th, please RSVP. Hit your girl up in the DMs. Or again, you will find the RSVP link on our website to that event. So come out, turn up with us. We doing karaoke. <laughs> hey, hey, y'all hear that karaoke? We doing karaoke. Y'all need to come out. Come drive up here, y'all. Come on and uh, come. <laughs> Come karaoke with us. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But that is it, y'all. I'm going to give y'all y'all Saturday back. Thank you all for being guests on the show. I appreciate each and every one of y'all. Thank you to everybody that tuned in. If you tune in later, please still drop some comments. Please share. And on that note, like we do every time, we are out, y'all. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube page and also follow us on all our social medias. And you can find all of that information at www.thehoodconnect.org.